Hey, this is Patrick Biermeyer, and you're listening to Spoiler Country. You can check out my work on the Discordia Kickstarter for Apocrypha Number One and The Rotted Liar, live now. Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. But... If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us, leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Welcome back to Spoiler Country. My name is Johnny Horsley, and today on the show we have repeat, repeat, amazing guest Patrick Bayermeyer comes back, talks to Kenrick about his new Kickstarter, uh, the Rotten Liar and Apocrypha Number One, a Discordia Winter Special. You may remember a little while ago I talked with him about uh, Discordia Issue Zero, and I loved it so much I ended up buying a double page, double page spread from them, um, which I have. I'm getting it framed, but put on my wall. Uh, I read the book. The book is amazing. Uh, this one looks just as good. It's a uh, double issues of winter specials, and uh, I'm not going to waste more time. You need to get there, listen to this, and then go back to the computer. guys welcome back and today on the show it's really awesome because we have patrick burmeyer here and he's got a new kickstarter out with his writing partner chris jerome and they got a, a cool series called discordia and patrick's going to give us the down low on everything discordia and what you guys can expect and uh where you can go and and the fact that the kickstarter launched about two weeks ago is that right patrick yeah that is correct first of all thanks for Thanks for having me on. I really oh, yeah, appreciate man. it. Thanks for coming on. This is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the Kickstarter is, is up right now. So, it's Discordia, The Rotted Liar, and Apocrypha Number 1. Nice. So, these are basically a little spinoffs for what we did earlier this year, which was Issue Zero, mm-hmm. which was like... Basically, it was a bunch of short stories. It was like very Tales from the Crypt or even like X-Files. Like an anthology kind of, kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Little horror anthologies. All of which like was... Well, it was sort of twofold. It was one, a way for us to um, flex our creative muscles, yeah. which is always cool. And we're just both big horror fans. So like really digging nice. into horror was fun. And, then, and if you do it <laughs> as a short story um, in an anthology, you don't really have to worry about wrapping stuff up or yeah. having any bigger narratives. You can just like revel in the the pulpiness of it, which <laughs> I, I loved doing. Um, but anyway, that, that, that was all world building for what we will have as a, um, an ongoing series. Cool. Um, so there's little Easter eggs in there as well as various tie-ins and lead-ins, which we'll be launching next year. But, you know, in, in the same, I guess in the same spirit of issue zero, 
we wanted to do something kind of fun and festive. So one of the one of these one of these books here, uh, Apocrypha One, is going to be our first winter special. So yeah. it's a nice uh, <laughs> uh, winter themed monster mash. Nice, nice. It's funny because right before we started, we were talking about Mandy. The movie was Nicolas Cage and the fact that the, mm-hmm. the color through that movie and you had a whole concept of what you were thinking before COVID happened. Is there anything like that going on in this book, though, with the colorings, the, you know, the coloring, especially with winter, a lot of whites, a lot of blues? Yeah. Yeah. So there's nothing quite as wild as Mandy in in this book, with although 2-0 for for Discordia was only the second book that I did my own color on. Yeah. And so it, I think it's fair to say that it's, it's experimental in some places, Nice, <laughs> especially some of the earlier stories are a little bit, are a little bit wackier just in the color palette, but that's, you know, I guess to circle back to like being able to really flex your muscles creatively doing short stories and doing horror, horror is a really good way to have um, very expressive color palettes. Yeah. Cause it's all about like, like mood and and like you're building a sense of dread without trying to you know show every everybody everything right away right and a really good way to do that is with the color much like they do in mandy it's just like unsettling the entire time yeah yeah that's cool yeah so is discordia steeped in the supernatural or is it very grounded in reality so i think it's pretty it's it's definitely supernatural there's there's both sort of the classic I, don't know, I hate to say the universal monsters, but but they will mostly all make appearances or some variation of them. I, I love the But then it also monsters. has some of the more esoteric stuff. Like we were also, before we started recording, we are talking about Lovecraft and, yeah. and Conan a little bit. And I think that those are both big inspirations for Chris and I. That's so awesome. So there's, there's definitely, there's uh, otherworldly monsters, monsters from different universes, but then there's also sort of more classic monsters like... Like there will be uh, vampires and werewolves and stuff and potentially zombies and, and that, that kind of thing. But it's, it's all kind of wrapped up in, in, I guess, I guess coming back to the world building is that that's sort of the, the premise of the story is that Discordia is a world where monsters have always existed. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's basically this over overreaching fascist state has, has come to, has come to, and then will at a various time point fall from power it came to power initially as a way to, you know, keep people safe from these monsters. Isn't that how it always um, starts? We're going to keep you safe. Yeah. So that's sort of the, <laughs> that's kind of the kicking off point, but then yeah. without too many spoilers, as things get worse and as other things start to become clear, it's like those monsters aren't really the problem, especially not the, the universal monsters. Yeah. So <laughs> if anything, those guys are, you know, those are more like natural flora and fauna compared to stuff that comes later. When, when you talk about the uh, the fastest state becoming, you know, to keep the people safe, I always think of V for Vendetta. I always felt yeah. that that book, that series really captured that really well. Were you guys in, it's, what, what are some of your influences that came about for this book to happen? Well, V for Vendetta is a huge one for me personally, um, yeah. just like on everything. I, lo- I think <laughs> right. Alan Moore is, I mean despite being a potentially insane magician is also probably one of the smartest people who's ever written in comics. Right. <laughs> um, as well as his, his nonfiction stuff is also really cool. I don't I haven't know. Seen, I haven't done the nonfiction stuff. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Very, very interesting, very weird stuff, but I don't think it's necessarily wrong. Yeah. It's very like metaphysical. I think a lot of it is even just, oh, I mean, cool. I don't know if you'd call it metaphysics even. I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's above <laughs> my pay grade. 
<laughs> but yeah, V for Vendetta definitely is. But I think I think Hellboy is probably the most nice. Uh, I think we lean on that not not too heavily, but as far as an inspiration for the whole like structure of our series, it's right. definitely a big touchstone. Because as we're, I mean, we literally have spinoff series before we've released the first issue. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's love and passion of the project right there. When you have a spinoff because you love what you're doing so much that you're like, this character here is so cool. We got to do another thing with this one. I love <laughs> yeah, that. I hope so. That was actually the one bummer about, about doing all the short stories is yeah. because of the way that the time periods and we're telling different stories to like set up the main series like it would be hard to come back to some of those characters and (laughs) spoilers. Most of them don't make it through their short story. (laughs) So yeah, I always felt attached to them by the end of drawing them. And was like, ah, dang, this character, this this one's not going to come back. (laughs) A real serious black situation, huh? (laughs) Yeah. 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 But yeah, V for Vendetta, very good. I think we're both huge Miguel fans. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Discordia is a unique name. I think at Discworld, when I first heard it, I'm also a big Discworld fan. Although yeah. I wouldn't say that there's a lot of similarity. No, I, I would imagine not. But <laughs> at the same time, where did where did that name come from? How did it come about? So that actually again ties back into the into the world that we're building. Is the Discordia refers to after the Concord falls, and the Concord is this the fascist state that that is had been the ruling force over the main con- or most of the main continent, basically in the not so distant past of when the main story will take place. And so Discordia is basically what happens as that state falls away. And then how, well, as the, the monsters that it was then set, set up to, to push back, creep back in as well as the other things, which start to become bigger and bigger influences that cause the, the state to fall in the first place. That's cool. That sounds really, that sounds really interesting. I can't wait to actually check it out and then get there and then have it in my hand because I'm definitely going to, get on a level very cool man whatever yeah, whatever your levels are i don't i don't usually you have what like four or five different settings you can you can pay into and get yeah, different reward. yeah. oh that's unfortunately that is what i'm least familiar with because luckily chris who's much more business headed than i am takes takes <laughs> care of all of that <laughs> but, but yeah so you can back you can get um the same way uh, a five dollar pledge you can get the pdf of one or or the other of the stories because this this current kickstarter is for two separate books one of which is another anthology which has i believe five different stories in it Mm -hmm. and then the other one is a short one shot but is one full story over i believe it's going to be 26 28 pages here we go here we go i got i got it up right here oh there you go you have a pledge without a reward you could do 10 bucks you just want to say hey you guys good work good luck you got the ride of liar (laughs) number one that's the five dollar pro- pledge you were just talking about. Pledge. Mm-hmm. It's always it's a pledge. I always think I always think reward for some reason. You know, I don't know. I find Kickstarter to be incomprehensible. I appreciate that it's it's good for doing creator owned projects. Yeah. And that's about as much as I know about it. It's 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 <laughs> an complete odd honesty. It's cool though, because it gives people that, you know, image is not gonna so we've talked to quite a few people. Like we talked to, we had Eric Larson on and I asked him, I said, he's like, mm. I was like, how do you, how does somebody new break into image or Marvel or any of those bigger companies? He's like, it used to be, you could bring your, your work to a convention and mm-hmm. you could show me 
characters that you've made, you know, and they'd give me these still shots and it was kind of, and it was cool. And you might get lucky and have somebody, he's like, the problem is, is a lot of people will write, will draw that one image and they'll mm. draw it over and over and over again. So that one image looks amazing, but they don't have the full breadth of what they need to be a successful artist in the comic. Yeah. Book. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. I so, mean, there's also just, I mean, there's so much content out there, oh, yeah. a lot of which is really good. Well, he said the number one thing is do exactly what you guys are doing. Creating yeah. content, creating a book, creating, you know, and, and show me a finished product so I can thumb through it. And it gives me a very good idea of who you are and what your work is like. And he goes, then we'll go out. And and Kickstarter gives this ability for independent people. I love yeah. this. You know, you got for eight bucks, you can do Apocrypha, which is which is number one, right? That's the winter yeah. special. So Apocrypha, specifically, I guess to break down the 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 actual titles a little bit more, the Rotted Liar is the um, anthology, and that is going to be. It's almost a little bit more like illustrated, like poems or yeah. or or poetry, in that it's you know it's fully illustrated comic pages, but it's it's more set up as almost like a song or a, or like a poem, like something like somewhere in between there. Like it's little bits of, of folklore that add to the, like the, the breadth of the world building. And then Apocrypha is specifically going to be our spinoff series that we'll have whenever we want to do a fun story. It'll be under the title of, of Apocrypha from the world of Discordia. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. Well, at 17 bucks, you can get, everybody can get uh, the printed of both editions. So, yeah. and, and then you get a, and plus you get the PDFs and you get a map of Alventi. And I imagine Alventi is the name of the country that it's in. Yeah. And so specifically, I believe this is, this is the second map that we're doing. And I think that this one, yeah, yeah. This one is going to come with locations of where all the things are taking place specifically, yeah. which is pretty cool. And that was another part of this of this uh, Kickstarter was to, again, just keep fleshing out this world. I think we both come sort of from from fantasy as like a big inspiration. I certainly read a ton of like R.A. Salvatore books and stuff when I was a kid and nice. was an avid, was an am an avid like D&D player. So the, the idea of having maps and, and roads between places has always been very appealing to me. Oh, that's cool. Have you watched Harmon's Quest? I haven't actually. Oh, if you're is it D- good? Oh my God. If you're a D&D fan, you need to watch, Har- I think you need to watch Harmon's Quest. It okay, is cool. And is that the same dude who does uh community? Morty? Yep. In Rick and Morty, yeah. Okay, cool. I have a concept Morty fan, so I'm I'm sure I would like it. The whole thing is he has, he's got his standard player. He's got his DM, right? Mm -hmm. And the guy is really good. And then he has his standard players like him and and his his buddy and this girl that he used to be married to and now divorced. And then they have a rolling uh, cast of you know celebrity guests that come in and play D and D with them. Yeah, I feel like I saw like Patton Oswald on yeah, like a trailer. Yeah, for and they yeah. have, they have <laughs> animated cutouts during you know playing out the scene as they're as they're talking it through, and mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful. It's hilarious. I tell anybody who plays D anD D, you need to watch this. Okay, um, very cool. I'll definitely hopefully check they it will, out. or they'll think that oh you're a dork, dude. That was lame. I don't know. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> well, I was the one who brought up D anD D, so I'm clearly the dork here. <laughs> I just played D anD D for the first. Well, no. I shouldn't say I played D&D. We played one of the board game variants of D&D that come with all your characters put together and a map okay. that you, you know yeah. what I mean? That, I mean, I think that that mostly counts. It's like three quarters of the way, probably. Yeah, well, I was, I'm 46. And the last time I tried playing D&D, I was like 16. So it was like 30 years ago. <laughs> and it just wasn't for me at that time. 
I was sure, I was sure. too interested in girls. And yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> cool stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, quote unquote <laughs> cool stuff. But it just uh, you know it just wasn't for me. And it, I mean it probably didn't help that everybody I tried playing with didn't know actually how to play very well. You know, because yeah. your DM makes all yeah. the difference in the world. I think. I mean, it's a hard game too. Like. To be, there's a pretty high like uh, learning curve and barrier yeah. to entry to D and D. Some of which is definitely the people, whether or not they know how to play. Yeah, which is sort of a bummer. But we got together, and our buddy Chris came over with the with the whole set, and yeah, we played. We had a lot of fun. We played for like three hours. Yeah, dude. You what know? did you What did you play? What was your class? What did I? I was a I was a healer because cool. my seven year old chose my character for me, so I was a lady <laughs> orc healer. I can't yeah, remember her. Cool. I can't remember her name. I mean, it's all set. You know what I mean? It's all pre-done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pre-gen. So, yeah. still good. Yeah, it was fun. It was okay. fun. Maybe we'll be in. A, we'll make you an RPG here yet. Right. I love. Well, see, the thing is, I know I'll like it because I love RPG video games. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, you, you yeah. know, I'm not a big first-person shooter games. I'm not a big race car game, but like Dragon Age or. Neverwinter Nights, all that kind of stuff. I mm. totally love that. Yeah, kind of as you stuff. get into the the early access stuff for Baldur's Gate three. No, I wish. I just haven't had the time, so Ooh. I have to wait till it's done and out, and then I'll uh, hopefully it comes to. Well, hopefully, I'm really big on my Xbox now because it's just easier to turn it on and play. Sure, you sure. know. So hopefully they'll <laughs> yeah, have. I'm, I'm like sure that. they'll they'll get it out on on console eventually. I have played it a little, and it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Is it? God, Boulder's Gate was so good. Oh, yeah. Boulder Especially Boulder's Gate 2. That's probably yeah. my all-time favorite game. Is it Boulder's Gate 2, Icewind Dale? Oh, mm-hmm. so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved it. Hey, so getting back to Discordia, your Kickstarter has been going on for two weeks. When does it end? I believe it ends on the 30th. So you still got a little over a week here to get in and get in on some of this good stuff. Oh, good. So you guys... Are close. You're at twenty three hundred bucks. Yeah, out of our, so yeah, so we're going for three three grand, which isn't much. Yeah, it's not too bad. I think that's that's kind of str- strategic because we're trying to do more smaller kickstarters. We did yeah. a book a couple years ago now called Tarnished, which is actually speaking of fantasy stuff, is more of like a high fantasy setting, which nice. was cool. But we did it was a higher goal and it was a much bigger. Like it was basically a full full trade back in one go. Yeah. And just the amount of work that goes into that. And then the printing costs and stuff is just like higher. And so you have to go for a higher goal. But especially as, you know, small creators, you don't have that, that big of a following. It's harder to reach that big number. So we're trying to do focus on doing smaller bite sized stuff that we can re- release more frequently. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Are these your covers? Yeah. So on the, on the, I'm looking at the, the page as well in case I needed to cheat sheet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the two on the left are, and then the third one is a variant cover, which will be on Little Baby Blue, which is Apocrypha One. And that is by Fabian Lillet, uh-huh. which I really like. I feel like speaking of, is that the one with the horse Mignola, on the cover? I feel like it has like a very Mignola feel. Yeah. Is that the horse cover or is that the Fabian one? Fabian's is the snow globe. Okay, let me see if I can f- see it here. The the horse the horse is for Rotted Liar, and that one's uh, me. And then the the snowy monster is also me. Yeah, those look great, dude. Those look great. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. And that, the snow globe does remind you of Magnolia. I can never say his last name. <laughs> I know. Yeah, Magnolia. took me forever. Yeah, but yeah, that looks that's awesome. 
Oh my god! Very cool. I, I hope lo- so. I hope people like it. We've gotten some good feedback for issue zero. Yeah, and yeah, you know, fingers crossed. Who's your influence for art? I really like. <laughs> I've told this story a bunch now, but it's but it's true, and so I'm just going to tell it again. When I was in college, <laughs> I did. I was taking like this like 2D fundamentals class, and I yeah. had to do like our our like final was to do this uh, research paper on an artist. And, you know, everybody else is doing like Jackson Pollock or, you know, like Picasso or whatever. Right. Great artists, great... but kind of played out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, it's great. But I don't know. I never found I never found it that, that interesting. And that, that was the whole vibe of a lot of my classes was very like fine art focused and had a lot of very pretentious teachers that I didn't like very much. <laughs> and so as a way to kind of thumb my nose at them and yeah. find something interesting. I was like, you know, I haven't read comics for a while. I wonder if there's a cool comic artist that I could do. And so I went to my local comic shop and I was flipping around through books and I found Punk Rock Jesus by Sean Murphy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I loved it. I didn't realize that people could do that in a comic book, like both the <laughs> like the content of it. It was so much like darker right. than I expected a comic to be, but also so much like more rich as well like it wasn't just superheroes and spandex and stuff not that there's anything wrong with that but it just never was quite what i was into and i was like wow this is really cool and so i wrote my paper on him and i i (laughs) greedily follow and buy all of his books now that's awesome did your teachers get what you were saying or were they just did not agree i think i got like a b minus on it (laughs) 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 yeah yeah i don't know I can't really, I don't actually really remember. I remember vividly like writing it and planning it out, but I don't remember even turning it in. I hope I did. (laughs) (laughs) I might've turned it in. It might not have turned it in. I'm pretty sure I, I've definitely passed the class. So I I must've at least turned it in. That's awesome. That's cool that you picked that though, to do, to do a report on, because I kind of feel like this comic books are one of the, I think there's like four or three or maybe five. I can't remember. There's only so much original American art, right? Mm, that are considered mm-hmm. original ca- cultural influences of America. Jazz music is one. Comic books sure. is another. Uh, I think baseball, even though it's a, <laughs> even though it's kind of a derivative of cricket, but I think it is, they consider it a, an American original. And yeah, something else. I can't remember all of them. It's, it's things. But comic books is definitely, you know, it's, it's historically American and it's amazing now that the, you get this amazing stuff out of France, like Mobius. That guy was ridiculous in the seventies and early eighties. Yeah, 80s. there's a lot of really cool European. Yeah, books. the international stuff is just ha- has exploded, and I mean it's mm-hmm. it's awesome. And the and the people that you get doing the art, but and and I, and I feel like comic books to me is like should be on the level of fine art. You yeah, know, I I don't see it. Why this is how I I mean this is how I personally feel. Like you look at Picasso or you look at who's the guy that cut his ear off Van Gogh. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And you look at all these different ple- people that and Jackson Pollock and all amazing people. But to me, Walt Simonson, Bernie Wrightson, you know, Jack Kirby, all those guys are just as influential because you think of all the people that have looked up to, to say Bernie Wrightson. And I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. went back and really looked at Bernie Wrightson's work. If you haven't, 
I really suggest you do because you have a very much a similar style in a lot oh, of ways. Okay, cool. Have you heard, have you ever gone through and checked out Bernie I Wrightson? I don't think I looked at a ton of his stuff now. Oh my God, dude, you got to see his Frankenstein card set. It will blow oh, okay. you yeah, away. Actually, I have, I forgot that this is, that was his name, but yeah, I've his Frankenstein stuff in particular. I've yeah. Seen and his uh, run on Swamp Thing, him and, mm. and Lynn Wayne did the original first run of the first volume of, of Swamp Thing before Alan Moore took over. Okay, yeah. And it's some of the stuff is just ridiculous. And I just feel like the influence that those people have should be considered just as much as all these other people. I don't have an art education, so I can't. I'm probably talking out my ass. And, you know, <laughs> but at the same time, I, I think the influence and the I way mean, it makes people feel. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I agree. I very much agree. I mean, I think that to some extent, it'll always be looked down on as as pop art in the in the same way that like andy warhol was right because he wasn't it wasn't i don't know it doesn't have that like gallery quality in the way that like people think about the classics or like modern art or modern sculpture having or whatever but that doesn't really make it any less valuable you know right right well at least not as a certainly not as a medium like the amount of content that you can put out in comics because yes it is like at least it can be quicker to draw a comic book than to paint, you know, the Mona Lisa or whatever it, I don't know. Like it, it also, it's, it's interesting too, that it comics very much are like, feel like to me anyways, the evolution of sort of like the spoken word story. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's about these sort of, yeah, it's just like this cultural, like, I don't, I don't know, like enigma or something that keeps getting passed down through generations and like evolves a little bit every time, like every time, you know, DC or Marvel does a reboot or whatever. It's like, a whole another generation of storytellers is like jumping in on this story that we've all heard, but somehow cool it keeps think going it, yeah. and is different. Yeah. I don't know. Cool stuff. Yeah, it is cool stuff. Like I, I feel like the library of Congress kind of gets it. Like all of the original drawings for amazing fantasies 15 that Steve Ditko did for Spider-Man. Mm. They're in the library. They're, they're in the library of Congress. So That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it, it was a anonymous donor probably Ditko himself or maybe, maybe Stanley mm. gave those, gave all that to the library of Congress. So if you, if you ever go out there and someone's trying to tell you they have original art for amazing fantasy 15, you know, that's a lie. It's <laughs> <laughs> not true. Okay. All right. I'm not quite at the, at the point yet in my career working up a ton of, well, I'm jealous, uh, man. Cause you're doing originals, but, but eventually, right. Well, I'm jealous cause you're doing what you love and you're, this is what you're doing. You're going to make, you're, you're trying to make a go of this. We're, we're, we're going, man. Fingers it's, crossed. Yeah, dude, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's not easy to break in. And I hope your Kickstarter, I think your Kickstarter is going to take it to take off though. You're going to, you're going to yeah. at least get what you got your goal. I think, uh, and hopefully one, I'm not too, I'm not too worried about it at this point, but you know, it's all about like sustainability and long-term like planning and stuff. And I think that this, you know, I think that this is going to be around for a while. That's I hope cool. so anyway. Where did you and Chris Jerome, how'd you guys hook up and decided to do this? So we actually went to the same university. We both went to Oregon State University in Corvallis, mm-hmm. but we didn't know each other in school at all. But there's like this message that's board on funny. like Facebook. That's like a OSU jobs thing. Yeah. And there was like a, and like, an, I don't know if it was like arts and media tab or whatever, 
But someone, someone I knew was on, had, was just like scrolling through and was like, "Hey, you should uh, check this out." There's this guy who's looking for some fantasy illustrations for his book, and so I went over and did and sent him an email. And I ended up doing some some character designs for his uh, for his book series because Chris has written a series of fantasy books before doing any comic stuff. And actually, the first comic that we did, Tarnished, is about a character from one of his novels, so it's set in the same universe. And so, yeah, he like, we did, we did a few pieces for basically just for his website. And he's like, yeah, you know, I like your stuff. And I've been thinking about doing a comic. Would you be at all interested? And this was like pretty much right after I got out of school. It was like maybe a year or two after I got out of school. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, definitely. Like, let's do it. And so we did that book. And then after we finished that, he, again, he approached me. He was like, well, you know, this was cool. This is really good. And I've always wanted to do a horror series and I think that your style would really fit horror. Is that something you'd be interested in? And of course I was, <laughs> and here we are. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I love a good horror story, a good horror book. What's your, do you have a favorite horror story? Like what, what medium? Cause I think I've probably got one for, for well, each, probably. What's your favorite horror movie? My favorite horror movie is the thing. The, nice. uh, the John Carpenter, the thing. Nice. And then what's your favorite horror comic? Comic is a little tougher, but I'd probably have to go Hellboy just over the nice. amount of times I've read it. Right. But I also really like the Scott Snyder, Raphael Albuquerque, American Vampire books. I don't know if you've read those at all, but Vampire? very cool. And then my third, my runner, a third runner up for comics would actually be a manga, Helsing. That's a, that's very cool as well. Helsing was really good. I love the I love the revamp of it on the animation. Yeah, yeah. Because the first time they did an anime, it wasn't it wasn't, wasn't really good. Right. I mean, it was good. <laughs> it's a pretty it, good show still, it, but yeah, it, like, it was fun. Right. But the second one, the the reiteration of it just blew everything away. I was like, oh my god! And then it took so long in between each one to come out. Yeah, it's so good though. Well worth it. Yeah, and but then I think for books or writers, I'd have to go Lovecraft. Yeah, even though he was just a crazy. Just a horrible human being. (laughs) The books are very good. He's just a horrible human being. His writing was stupendous. Yeah, he may not have been the best uh, (laughs) best dude, as it turns out. Oh, my God. I love the fact. Did you watch HP uh, Lovecraft Country? Uh, I did. Yeah, I watched the whole first first I love the fact that they made the main characters. all. I I love the fact that the main protagonists are all black. Yeah, and yeah, they're doing some pretty cool stuff. Because he... I got to say, though, I was initially bummed because it wasn't very much like any of the Lovecraft stories. Yeah. Like it had the, it was like referential to them. And that's kind of what I was hoping it would be. But I kind of came around to it that it's, that wasn't what it was supposed to be. It was more like a, you know, like a monster of the week. Yeah. Like it's almost like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right. Like a, like a it yeah, was 21st like century that. Buffy, which Dude, I, you know, I love Buffy. So what, <laughs> once yeah, I kind of got my head around that, you know, it wasn't what I initially thought it was going to be. I enjoyed it a lot. That scene where she's walking with the book and the bombs are going off around her and the fire's almost ready to engulf her and she's just walking. I was screaming at the television, run, bitch. That (laughs) portal's going to (laughs) close. That episode was heavy as fuck. Yeah. Uh, It's good stuff. Yeah. Well, Patrick, I think think we got what we need to get, man. Cool, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate it. You should come back. This is a lot of fun talking with you. Yeah, maybe man. come back when either you know you don't have to come back for a project. Just come back to to shoot the shit and talk comics. Okay, yeah, that sounds very fun. I'm, I'd be be happy to come on. Cool, cool. Well, I really appreciate it. Yeah, same. All right.
we're back. So if you haven't figured out yet, you need to go back this. Um, only has a little bit of time left here, so go to kickstarter.com, search for Discordia, it'll come right at the top, and uh, or click the links in the show notes, click the links on Twitter, wherever, just go find it and back it. All right, guys. Well, that's the show. Um, I'll tell you now, you know, just go to Spoilerverse.com. Check out all of our back issues, all of our fun stuff we have up there. Uh, if you're wanting to do some writing for Spoilerverse, let us know. Reach out to us on the uh, contact page. You can uh, uh, submit some uh, samples to see if uh, you can work something out. Uh, if you want to talk to us, join our Discord at scpod.us slash Discord. want to help support us, go to the site, click on store, buy a t-shirt or hoodie, look fly as hell, and help us out. And with that, I'll leave you with... In Oceans of Podcasts, we are Cthulhu. And as Cthulhu commands you to do, open the mind and read more.